0: 9, the Hill, WCHL, and UNC School of Media and Journalism present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carol Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC Journalism Professor Charlie Tuggle.
1: Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, the NCAA's decision to allow college athletes to profit from their names, likenesses, and images. Our guest, Patrick Ruby, writer for Sports on Earth and an instructor at Georgetown University. So, Patrick, let me start by giving you a couple of reactions that I've heard from friends of mine uh, related to the headlines. One writes me yesterday and says, wow, the NCAA caved quickly. And then another one writes and goes, Does this mean that the uh, NCAA football video game is coming back? So, in terms of the NC2A caving quickly, you don't see it that way.
2: No, they're not. There's no caving here at all. So, one of the things I think people missed is yesterday's announcement is all the NCAA has said is we're going to consider, we're going to begin a process of updating our amateurism rules to allow college benefits to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. Right now, athletes, as we know, are totally prohibited from benefiting from that. The NCAA say we're going to allow them to benefit in some way. They're not saying that's happening now or tomorrow or a week from now. And the key thing is, if you look at the rest of their press release, it's under a series of conditions. So essentially what the NCAA is saying is like, we're going to look at how to set this up in a way that, okay, athletes can benefit, but only under the conditions we set, uh, only under the rules we set. And knowing the history of the NCAA, we know what those rules are going to be, which is the NCAA is going to want, and the schools that make up the NCAA, are going to want to keep all the control or as much control as possible and all the money or as much of the money as possible. It's not going to be, at least if the NCAA gets its way, some kind of free market. And we already know from what the NCAA said, it's not going to be uh, in line with the law that was just passed in California, That sort of set this all off. Uh, the California law is fairly liberal in terms of what it would allow athletes to do. There's very few restrictions. The NCAA has already said, we're not looking at a California model. We want this to be in a line with our amateurism rules. Uh, so really, this is just an opening marker for the NCAA. It's not a surrender. It's the beginning of a fight, actually.
1: All right. So let me read the first sentence from an article from ESPN.com and uh, making note of what I consider to be a huge caveat. And there are many of those throughout the announcement. So here's, here's what the article says. The NC two A's top decision makers voted unanimously Tuesday to allow college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. Quotes in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. And it's like, right. oh, okay, there's a big caveat right there.
2: Right, that's, that's the fine print. That's like when you get a, a big ad you know, or a coupon, and it's you know, 50% off any item in the store, and there's a little asterisk, and then you look at the asterisk, and there's like five paragraphs of fine print where anything good you would want to buy at the store is not usable with the coupon. This is exactly the same thing with that caveat. The collegiate model, first of all, is not a real thing. That's just a term that NCAA made up to make their system of keeping the money away from athletes sound like it's some sort of quasi-legal, quasi-official thing. And the collegiate model is just like Isaac Newton is out there coming up with a collegiate model by studying the laws of nature. I mean, it's just totally ridiculous term. Uh, But when they say that, what they mean is like, we want to stay in charge. We're going to decide the terms. Even though, and I think this is a really important point on this issue of name, image, and likeness, that's your property right. That's my property right. As Americans, we all own our name, image, and likeness. The NCA struts around acting like they own that for athletes, and it's up to them to decide how athletes should get to use it. I think that's absurd. That would be like if I took your house and took your car, and because the police aren't going to bother to, to like investigate and return it to you, and then I said to you, hey you know what, you can drive on Sundays, and on every other Tuesday of the month, you can use your kitchen as long as you don't turn on the stove. That's kind of what the NCAA is trying to do here. And I actually think it's ridiculous that anyone looks at this and says, yeah, you should be able to go ahead and figure this out for yourself.
1: All right. So let me me, uh, push back in fairness to Mm -hmm. those on the other side who might say that, all right, you control your brand, but... Your brand is made much more valuable because of Ooh. your affiliation with college athletics.
2: Sure, I would agree with that. I think that's fair. Like in a world uh, that would be more sane and more like how everything else but college sports works. So if we look at the example of pro sports or Olympic sports or any other sport, it's true. Like let's say that I am Zion Williamson right now in the NBA, right? I could appear on a Wheaties box just in some generic basketball jersey. That's my name, my image, my likeness, and I get paid for that. I could appear on that same box of my Pelicans jersey, and maybe the Wheaties is willing to pay more, and the Pelicans take a cut, and I take a cut. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's great. I think the colleges do create value, too, in this proposition, but so do the athletes. And what that means is everyone should be free to negotiate, and everyone should have some power here. Like I said, it's not just up to the colleges to decide all the rules for the athletes. It's not their property. They don't create all the value. But the NCA acts like it is their property and that they're creating all the value. I think that's the real, that's the marker they're laying out with their statement. And the big question is going to be lawmakers in California, in other states that are following suit, and here in Washington, D.C., where I live, where people in Congress are also introducing legislation about this. What are they going to think about whatever rules the NCA comes up with? Are they going to be okay? with some long list of restrictions and ways for the NCAA to chisel away money and chisel away power, or the lawmakers are going to say, no, that's not acceptable to us. We're going to keep on passing laws that give athletes more freedom and more ability to negotiate. I don't know the answer to that, but that's where the fight is going to be.
1: Sports Focus. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Patrick Ruby about a just uh, released ruling or or plan, if you will, from the N.C. Two A to uh, talk about to study, uh, allowing <laughs> right. allowing athletes to profit from their names, images, and likenesses. You've already said that, uh, and and their release said the N.C. Two A release says we're not going to go with the California model. All right. You also have federal legislators who were saying something needs to be done about this. And, and you mentioned what are they going to accept from the NC2A? So the one article says these legislators, uh, Mark Walker being one of them, uh, North Carolina 6, they felt legislative pl- pressure was necessary. The way you couch it, I think, is a little more interesting. It was like they had a legislative gun to their heads, which caused them to come out with what they've come out with.
2: I, I think that Inarguable. If you look at the history of NCA reforms, when I use the word reform, I mean, the NCA decided to allow athletes more freedom or a bigger slice of the money pie. So whether it's the return to allowing for your scholarships, which is something the NCA banned in the 1970s and only very recently reinstated, uh, whether it's this cost of a living and attendance stipends that we've seen in the last couple of years, whether it's unlimited meals and snacks, which we saw the last couple of years, all these changes have come because there have been federal losses, there has been bad publicity and public pressure, or there have been actual lawmakers threatening, and in this case, California, passing laws. to
1: put pressure Unanimously. On the when does that ever always,
2: happen? Always. Always. The NCA has never done what I would say is something closer to the right thing out of the goodness of their heart. This school is and NCA have always done it under duress when someone's made them do it. And look, in their defense, that's how power and money works in America. When has anyone ever given up anything without being forced to? That's really not how things work in America. So I'm not going to say that makes them especially villainous. It makes them pretty normal. Um, when you want something, you got to take it. And I think, like I said, that's why I think there's a fight coming. You know, lawmakers are the ones that the NCAA I think, is going to go to, especially here in Washington. They're going to go to, I think they're going to lobby. They're going to, they're, they've announced a plan to come up with a plan. So they're going to come up with some sort of plan. I'm sure they'll be talking to lawmakers if they try to do this. They're going to have to figure out what's the minimum we can give athletes and satisfy these lawmakers who actually have the power to make us give more. And I am not sure. I think we're going to find out where do the lawmakers really stand on this? Like, when they're talking about this legislation, when they're proposing this legislation, and in California's case, when they're passing it. Are they doing that to pressure the NCAA into doing something? Or are they doing that to pressure the NCAA into doing something specific? And that's going to be a big, big question. Because obviously, look, the NCAA says in their statement, okay, you can, we want athletes to theoretically to profit their name, image, and likeness, but only under the conditions we say, you know, we don't want this to get tied up in recruiting. Well, that's the moment where athletes have a lot of leverage and a lot of desirability. Uh, you know, we don't want this to do anything to affect, quote, balanced competition what is that supposed to mean? Are we talking about a salary cap here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these sort of, uh, there's all these sort of caveats the they puts in, which are really ways for them to have control. And you no, know, in their statement, this is kind of interesting. They say something very strange, and I want to read this to you directly. One of their points is, They want to assure athletes are treated similarly to non-athlete students unless the compelling reason exists to differentiate. Yeah, there's another one.
1: There's another one of those caveats. Unless there's a compelling reason not to. Right. Who decides what that compelling reason is?
2: Exactly. Compelling to who? Compelling to me, the athletic director who would like more money from my athletic department. Compelling to the athlete who would like more money in their pocket. Compelling to who? You know what I mean? Like, That's a huge caveat because, look, if you're any other student on a college campus, there are no rules for your NIL. It belongs to you. It's your property. You can do whatever you want with it. It's kind of funny. They put this in like, oh, we don't want to treat these guys differently unless there's a good reason, according to us, to treat them differently. (laughs) It's kind of a catch-22 situation.
1: Yeah, so we mentioned a couple of big caveats. There are a couple of Mm -hmm. uh, places where things are vague which uh, I think could be just as problematic, as the opportunity to benefit, which is kind of vague in and of itself, and that, right. it, must, that mean? it must be tethered to education. Well, what, is, what, do, what does either one of those things mean?
2: Exactly. I mean, a benefit can be, I sign a contract with Wheaties and they pay me money, or it could be... I, I have to put it in some sort of trust fund that I don't get to, to after I leave school or graduate. You know, it could be, again, it could be anything. Uh, it could be the benefit. could be the money has to go to my athletic department and then they can build me a nicer locker room, which is how things work right now, you know, like while I'm here. Like, that's, that's not really the same as getting money in your pocket, but you could cl- you claim that's the benefit. Look, when the NCAA does its own accounting, I don't know if people are aware of this, but, like, they'll put out things saying, oh, you know, 85% of the money, that we bring in goes back to benefit athletes, and within that eighty-five percent, you look at their pie chart. It's like coaches' salaries are included as a benefit to athletes. Like get out of here, yeah. I mean, like that's a nice way to define it. Um, so you're right; it's very vague language, and we we don't we don't really like, we don't know how it's going to shake out. But it, but again, the NCA is putting down a marker. They're, they're, they have to do something. They realize they're something because if they don't, lawmakers are going to do it for them. This is like a lot of, by the way, a lot of businesses and industries. When the time for regulation comes, you're seeing this now in the tech industry, with Facebook and the other social networks, uh, and social media, uh, and the other tech giants. You've seen this before with companies that do a lot of pollution, things like that. Uh, when the government comes to regulate because they think there's a problem, the industries always want to get in front of it. They always want to self-regulate first because usually they can get a more favorable set of terms for themselves. Um, that's not really new. So, again, I don't think there's any particular villainous about the NCAA doing this. This is what every industry does when it feels it has that choice. But they're definitely going to try to set the terms as favorably for themselves as possible, which is not at all necessarily
0: what would be favorable for
2: Apple.
1: Sports Focus, will be right back.
0: You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Sports Focus and our discussion about the NCAA's vote to start looking at uh, allowing college athletes to profit from their names, image, likenesses, shorthand their NILs. Patrick Ruby, writer for Sports on Earth. Patrick, uh, one thing that you pointed out in, in your most recent article is that you know the NCAA says, "Yeah, well, we have to adjust to the times and everything," and and, and your pushback on that is this is not a, a novel concept. This is not, how did you put it, quantum supremacy or CRISPR that we're talking about.
2: No, I mean, the, again, the idea that you as an American citizen own and can profit from the use of your own name, your own image, your own likeness, that's like a fundamental property right. That's not new at all. We've had that forever. We have law around that. We have all sorts of contracts and deals and examples of that in every walk of life. So the NCA says like, oh, you know, well, geez, I mean, it's the 21st century. We have to modernize here. And it's like, no, like, like, like this is not a new thing whatsoever. And they're like, well, we just need time. We have to think this all through. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, this works fine for everybody else. But it kind of gets to the NCA's fundamental scam, which is pretending that college athletes are some different class of citizen from everyone else in America, and that college sports is somehow a different business than literally every other business in America. And it clearly isn't, and you could see that very easily by looking at how literally everyone else within college sports is treated. Do we have these concerns about coaches when their names, image, and likenesses are used? Do we have any of these other concerns about anyone else in the business of college sports? Of course we don't. It all works fine, and it could work fine for athletes. And that's one of the funniest things about the NCAA saying We need time to come up with some sort of plan, where it's like, you don't have a plan for anyone else, and it seems to work fine. I don't see you scrambling to create one. So what is it that makes college athletes different? And the only difference is that right now they don't have the power, right now they don't have the money, and the people who are writing the rules will like to keep both.
1: All right, we have about two minutes and, and two key questions I want to get to competitive sports balance. If they were to go the California model, that basically says California athletes are going to get these benefits. Nobody else is going to unless states pass similar laws. Right. So what about the competitive balance?
2: Well, I think, first of all, one of the reasons you see all these other state legislatures rushing to follow California's lead is because they're they're rightfully worried. You know, we don't want to lose out uh, in recruiting. We don't want schools in California to have an advantage getting better players who will help them win games and be more entertaining, which is what people actually want out of college sports. Let's be realistic about it. Uh, You're in UNC, uh, you know, Chapel Hill area. Like people love UNC basketball because UNC basketball wins a lot of games and gets tons of talented players coming through all the time. Um, If UNC had a team of walk-ons for 10 years and was the worst, I think it might hurt people's enthusiasm for the program. So let's not pretend that it's not about winning and having good, good athletes. Um, so yeah, there's a lot there's, there's confetti- there's going to be competitive pressure. And look, all the NCAA rules are designed to limit that kind of competition in a way that keeps the benefits from flowing to athletes. Uh, and and you know, so that's what I think when the NCAA says are, that we want competitive balance, but there is no competitive balance in, in college sports. Like again, UNC, Duke, Kansas, those are the same powerhouses year after year in basketball. You know, Alabama, same Clemson, same powerhouse in football year after year. Uh, there are haves and have-nots. And everyone's fine with that. The only difference is who's getting the actual money. And right now, the athletes get less of it and the coaches and everyone else involved get more. And the difference under NIL or other liberalizations of NCAA Emission laws would be more of that money would flow to the talent That's doing the work on the field of winning, which is what generates all the money in the first place.
1: All right. So final question. So let's say I'm average student and I work at the bookstore and I Mm -hmm. get paid. I'm going to get taxed on that. So now the uh, Richard Burr has just said, you know, (laughs) if they get benefits, we're going to tax those benefits.
2: He actually said if athletes start to get NIL money for their completely separate NIL contracts that have nothing to do with their scholarships, I'm going to go into the federal law. I'm going to go and propose a federal law that's going to tax their scholarships. This is insane. First of all, why is a Republican senator trying to raise taxes on anybody? I thought that was, a, I mean, literally, this is the guy who's probably signed a pledge not to raise taxes. I bet you that's in his record. Secondly, uh, there is no contradiction between making money in a campus job that you pay taxes to the IRS on and getting a separate academic school scholarship that is for you to go to school and learn. I did that when I was in school. Tons of people out there do that right now. Because I made money at a campus job and got taxed on, doesn't mean you need to go into the federal law and change it so that my scholarship is also taxed. That just sounds like really weird, really bitter, and really crazy coming from your senator. And I don't know why he suggested that. Or whoever in his office runs his Twitter account thought that was a good idea to put out there. It was idiotic.
1: And the beat goes on. Uh, that that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest Patrick Ruby. Thanks also to Engineer Gary Kirk. And as always. Thanks to you for listening.
0: Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is the service of UNC School of Media and Journalism.